<clears throat> Hello, it's Mike McDivitt, Interim Pastor of the New Hope Baptist Church, here on February the 26th, almost the end of the month. I'm looking for spring. How about you? I think that would be a great thing. But today, if you would, I'd like you to turn to Daniel chapter 6. Daniel chapter 6. And we're going to talk about guilt. Guilt. What are you guilty of? Of course, we're all guilty of sin, right? And upon Jesus' uh, forgiveness, we but just ask him in our hearts and lives and, and uh, get saved from our sins, we can go to heaven by his blood. Isn't that something? We've talked about that the last couple weeks. But we're looking here in this particular chapter, guilt. And we'll find out as we go. Let's look in the first three verses first, though, and we will have a word of prayer, if you would. Daniel chapter 6, first three verses, it says, It pleased Darius to set over the kingdom and 120 princes, which should be over the whole kingdom, and over these three presidents, of whom Daniel was first. And the princes might have account unto them, and the king should have no damage. And this Daniel was preferred above the presidents and princes because an excellent spirit was in him. And the king thought to set him over the whole realm. Let's pray. Dear Father, just thank you for this day. And I pray, dear Father, that you will just open up your word and show us what you would have for us in it today. We thank you, Lord, for all the blessings you've given us this week. And by the way, Lord, we do pray for those in the Ukraine, Lord, and I pray that uh, you would just uh, be merciful and please help them, Lord, with this situation. We love you, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Daniel chapter 6, and on the, on the thought of guilt, Daniel here, what's he guilty of? First three verses, he is guilty of being successful He's, uh, he apparently has uh, been placed in a predominant place of power. He, of course, we remember him from Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, right? <laughs> and uh, all, all that, the first part of Daniel. And here, uh, he is around 90 years old now. He's an old man and is well thought of. And in fact, in the end of it, it says the king, uh, the king thought to set him over the whole realm. That's how well he is thought of. You know, us as Christians, in our jobs, we ought to be well thought of. We ought to do the best job that we can. We represent God after all, right? And Daniel, when he was first captured, represented the Lord and got into kind of trouble for it. We won't get into all that, because we can only have so much time today, but he's still stuck with the Lord. And, and here, as an old man, apparently he had been serving the Lord all these years, and he is still well thought of, and became very successful. Verse 4, what else is he guilty of? Then the presidents and princes sought to find occasion against Daniel concerning the kingdom, 
that they could find none occasion nor fault, for as much as he was faithful, neither was there any error found or fault found in him. Could you imagine that? Can you imagine that? What else is he guilty of? He's being he is guilty of being faithful and a moral person. There's no fault found in him. And again, he's an old man. I'm sure something in his life they could say, well, back here in this, and he was in his 20s or 30s or 40s, apparently, old Daniel really was a faithful servant. You know, a lot of people that I've talked to, over the years, the one thing they keep telling me is, when I witness to them and tell them about the Lord Jesus Christ, they tell me about hypocrites. They tell me about other Christians. And, hey, and as a truth of the matter, I mean, somebody can look at my life and I'm sure pick it apart. We all have faults, don't we? But that's what they point to. we got to be very careful of that because what we do does matter. Sometimes you say, I'm going to do what I want to do. That's what the rebellious attitude says, right? But what you say and what you do on a daily basis does matter. It really does. And as far as Daniel's concerned, his life, it had set a precedent to where they could not find anything to accuse him of. He's guilty of being success. He's guilty of being faithful and moral. Well, let's look in verse 5. Then said these men, We shall not find any occasion against this Daniel, except we find it against him concerning the law of his God. Ah, they found what they think is a chink in his armor. There's an old saying, you know, when I was a young man and, and just uh, everybody at all used to say this. If they tried to convict you of being a Christian, is there enough evidence to convict you? Is there enough evidence to convict you? I would say the average person in America that call themselves Christians the answer would be no. No. If you looked at their life, if you looked at their present life, sometimes you can mess up and all at once get straightened out, but if you look at their daily life, the average person that calls themselves a Christian could not be convicted of being one. And that's sad. That's very sad. An old story of a a man that came over, I believe it was from China in the Eastern religions. And he came to America and he was visiting a Baptist church while he was here uh, going to college. He was interested, of course, in our religion since, you know, the difference of, uh, of countries and, 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 and customs, etc., of course, I forget if he was a Buddhist or one of those type of religions. And in going, he went to a Baptist church in uh, New York City. I forget the preacher's name, but he said he tried to get a, uh, a, a, a an appointment with him. And 
and got the chance to talk to him. And then he had gotten transferred to another college up in Canada and visited a church up there, another Baptist church, so coincidentally up in that area where he was. He went to talk to that pastor after hearing him preach. And upon talking to that pastor, he said, you know, I, I talked to a pastor down in New York, in, in America, and he said, when I spoke to him, he seemed to be confused if there's, you know, about God and if there's a heaven and there definitely wasn't a hell in his point of view. And he says, when he talked to him, it was all about works and it had to do this and this. Maybe you get into heaven. He said, it was all about do, 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 do. But when I heard you preach, you preached as if the Bible were true. And when Jesus came and died for us, it was done. It wasn't do, do, do. It was done if you just accepted it. And he said, you are correct. That's what the Bible said. And guess what happened? That uh, gentleman got saved right away. He was searching, maybe without knowing even, for the Lord. And when he had spoken to him and this other pastor, the difference was just stark. And so when uh, he, he, had, he had showed him the true path that the Bible just places out for all that, he saw his guilt of his sin and asked God, Jesus Christ, into his heart as his Lord and Savior. You know, when I, when I think of that gentleman coming to America and getting... Uh, confused you know he was confused by the two pastors differences there was no confusion with who Daniel was he was a servant of God and these gentlemen knew like we had posed that question are you guilty you know and do you, if you were being convicted of trying to be convicted of being a Christian, is there enough evidence to convict you? Can they look at your life? They look at Daniel's life and they said, you know what? The only thing we can convict him on is how he serves his God. How about you, my friend? How about me? It's a stark thing to think about in our lives, is not? It sure is. Well, getting through time here, we're not going to read all these verses, but we get through six through nine, they laid a trap. They laid a trap. Um, verse four, it says, and the presidents and the princes sought to find occasion against Daniel concerning the kingdom, but they could not find an occasion or fault for as much as he was faithful, neither were there any errors or faults found in him. Then said these men, we shall not find any occasion against this man, Daniel, or excuse me, against this Daniel, except we find it against him concerning the law of his God. And these presidents and princes assembled together in the kingdom, thus said us unto him, King Darius, live forever. All the presidents and the kingdoms and the governors and princes and counselors and captains and consulted together and established a royal statute to make a firm decree that whosoever shall ask the petition of any god or man for thirty days, save of thee, O king, he shall be cast into the den of lions. They were guilty 
of envy, were they not? They were guilty of envy. And of course their king was guilty of what? Arrogance. <laughs> because he accepts this. He's like, oh boy. He just, he just was starry-eyed. Oh wow, that's right. That's what we're going to do. Problem. What did it say up in verse 3? He was going to put Daniel over the whole realm. He thought a lot of Daniel. You know, Daniel was well thought of, but he also was well known for he served his Lord. But his, the king was blinded in his arrogance and was, because of that, was tricked into this. Now, there's a thing about a law according to the Medes and the Persians. And that is, once the king set that law in motion, it cannot be changed. It couldn't be changed. And so what was going to happen? You know what's going to happen. Let's look down here in verse 10. Now when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, now he knew that the writing was signed. There was no mistake in this. He went into the house and his windows being open, he didn't hide, did he? Because that's what he always did. It wasn't that he was flaunting it. He was doing what he always did. His window being opened to the chamber toward what? Jerusalem. He kneeled upon his knees three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before his God as he did aforetime. And these men assembled and found Daniel praying, making supplications before his God. What else was Daniel guilty of? Being faithful to God Almighty. He was faithful to be to the Lord. He was going to do what he had always done. What God had led him to do. And that was to open up his windows facing Jerusalem where he had been taken, a, taken from as a boy. And pray to the good Lord. Every day, three times a day. Well, of course, these gentlemen ran to the king. They ran to the king. And said, your boy Daniel is guilty of being faithful to his God. He did not do what you commanded. Well, the king was beside himself because he loved Daniel. He looked in, in verses 12 through 15. He looked for every kind of little thing he could, he could prevent this thing. But he could not. He could not. At the end of the day, he had to go through with it. Law and order. If it would all fell apart if... The king would have went against the, his own law. They were very strict on that. So in the den of lions he went. And that was going to be the punishment for anyone who went against this decree. So what do you think happened? We get down here in verse 23 because he had to go through with it. Well, let's look in, let's, let's refer, instead, let's look in verse uh, 18. We don't want to skip that. And Dan, and excuse me, then the king went to his palace and passed the night fasting. Neither were instruments of music brought before him, and his sleep went from him. He didn't sleep all night. And the king rose very early in the morning and went haste into the den of lions. And when he had come to the den, he carried, or excuse me, cried with lamentations, voice, a lamentable voice 
spake unto Daniel. And the king spake and said to Daniel, O Daniel, servant of the living God. Wow, wow. He made an effect on this king, didn't he? Is thy God whom thou servest continually able to deliver thee from the lions? Then Daniel, then said Daniel unto the king, O king, live forever. My God has sent his angel and has shut the lions' mouths. And they have not hurt me, for as much as before him uh, innocency was found in me. And also before thee, O king, have I done no hurt. He was not guilty of really anything but the thing that they had tricked this king into. Then the king, then was the king exceedingly glad before him and commanded that they should take Daniel up out of the den. So Daniel was taken up out of the den and no manner of hurt was found in him because he believed in his God. What was Daniel guilty of? Daniel was guilty of being faithful to God. It said that that, be, um, that no manner of hurt was found in him because he believed in his God. He had faith. What is faith? To believe in God. He believed that God would preserve him. Faith. What a wonderful thing. A tool that a Christian needs you first learn it when you ask Christ in your heart as your Lord and Savior to have faith. And then once you become a Christian and live through this life, I'm telling you, if you don't learn to have some faith, to believe that God will preserve you, to believe that God will help you, to believe that God will work, you're going to have a tough time. Our Christian brothers and sisters around the world rely on his faith when they live in some very hard circumstances. And I tell you what, when we come into health issues and we come into financial issues, we come into life. It's the faith in God that will carry us through. So Daniel was guilty of being success, man. He was guilty of being moral. He was guilty of being godly. He was guilty of being faithful to his God and to have faith that his God would bring him through. Verse 24. And the king commanded that they brought those men which had accused Daniel and cast them into the den of lions. Them, their, their children, and their wives, holy cow. And the lions had the mastery of them and break all their bones in pieces wherever they came at the bottom of the den. They were guilty, all right. Tricking the king, seeking Daniel's death, guilty of envy. And they got what they got. The last part of this chapter, it says, And King Darius wrote unto the people, in verse 25, Nations and languages, and dwelt on all the earth. Peace be multiplied unto you. I make a decree that in every dominion and kingdom men tremble and fear before the God of Daniel. 
for he is the living God, and steadfast forever in the kingdom that which shall not be destroyed and dominion shall be even unto the end. Daniel, at the end of his life, at the end of it all, was guilty of living a life for God. Because the knowledge of God was also spread from the kingdom and to the king to such an extent that it affected the whole kingdom. Can you imagine? That's what he was guilty of. Your life can be an effective tool that the good Lord can use to further the knowledge of the Lord himself and the gospel story. Your daily life matters, my friend. It matters. What are you guilty of? Or can you be convicted of being a Christian if you were put on trial? I hope so. Now, that's the only thing we want to go to trial for, right? <laughs> I'm telling you. I hope that someone could say of me, Mike is guilty of serving the Lord and being faithful. That's what I want to be guilty of. Well, my friends, I hope you have a good Sunday tomorrow. And I pray that the Lord will bless you. And again, let's pray for the people of Ukraine this week, would you? It's a tough thing. And I pray that uh, the Lord intervened there, right? Please witness to some poor lost soul this week, would you? And God bless you.